to the Asking Us Show, episode number 38, and today I discuss all things content marketing with Mariah. Today, as I mentioned to you already, I was going, I just wanted to have a quick conversation um, with, more, with with content writers and get different perspectives on exactly the importance of content, give you a bit of a backstory on why it's so important for SEO, and then get your take on it and, and and basically discuss from your perspective why it's so important. So hopefully something will resonate with my with my audience, and particularly my clients, to get them to start thinking about it um, from a different from a different angle. Because when when I started SEO, a lot of the time, um, when I started SEO, there wasn't a whole lot of blog content. There wasn't a whole. Lot, there was no social media, and so getting your perspective would definitely be great. So thank you for for taking this call. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on and and talk to your clients and your listeners about content writing because that's what I do for work and that's my living. And it's really really important that we start, but you know, getting more content out there because there is a lot, a lot of people that read content online now. Like it's not really the people don't go anywhere else for their information but online, so it is really important. Absolutely. So today was just going to be a quick conversation. I wanted to discuss uh, with you about the power of content. So I was just talking with another colleague of mine and her daughter is now working with the Australian uh, Matilda's a, a soccer team. Basically, she was a blogger for ten years, and then one of her articles went cray cray, and she she now has two hundred thousand. She had two hundred thousand people read the article, and then get picked up by yeah. someone um, at the Matilda's Football Association, and now she's a football analyst um, through blogging. And wow. so when you when I literally tell clients, listen, you can basically make a lot of money talking about Vegemite now on the internet. Um, <laughs> it's literally, if you're good enough and passionate enough and willing to work for it, um, you can write about anything and build content, even video or audio. Um, for me, one of my biggest challenges and what my clients face is when we build content, um, one of the, for me, the written word's the worst medium. So I'm not a good writer, as you probably like, I'll do like five sentences with 4,000 mistakes. Don't even talk to me about grammar because I, I, there and there still confuse me, right? Um, I failed English. So I think one of, the, one of the things that I'm trying to do now is obviously tell clients to sort of do like build content, what they feel comfortable in, and then we can always convert it to, to the written word. What? What is your take on, like, how do you, what would be your advice to clients who wouldn't feel comfortable with the, with the written word? What would be some of your tactics and guidelines and strategies to help them sort of create long-form articles? So I think um, one thing with written content and when you're writing about something, you know it, you live it, you breathe it every day. Like, it's your job, it's your career and your business that you're building. So I think... <clears throat> To start writing content, you just need to get to paper if you think about your who, your what, your when, your why, and your how. Mm. So they're kind of things if 
I studied journalism and they were the key things of any story. So if you just think about um, things that interest you about your business and you answer those five questions, all you have to do is just start get something to paper, just start writing. And I think one of the key things that people forget is research when it comes to writing. What I, what I do when I start to write something is I'll have the topic or like you've said in the past, to get topics, you know, you go onto Google, you do your research, your how-tos, find what people are looking for. Mm. So that's your first thing about what to write about. So if once you've found that, you pretty much, like that's the hardest part. And then you do your research. And what I'll do is I'll do extensive. I'll go onto multiple sites, find content. Obviously, if you know a lot about it yourself, like that helps a lot. Yep. So you get down all your points of what you want to talk about in a Word document, just write it all down. And then you start picking the things that are most relevant and go first. So obviously you want to like introduce your topic a little bit, give it a bit of back, background, a bit of backstory, and then you'll write, you'll go into the detail on what answering the questions, answering the topic of the who, what, when, why, and how. So you get it, just get it down. Like I think the most important thing about writing is practice. So you need to practice writing all the time. So once you start getting something down, I have a few little hacks. Um, <laughs> I use a site called Grammarly. Yeah. So what I'll do first is I'll write something. I'll get it down. doesn't matter if it makes sense 100% of the time. Yeah. Write it down and if you have time, leave it. Leave it for even a couple of hours or a day if you can. Then come back with a fresh set of eyes and read it. Then what I'll do is I'll put it into my Grammarly app, which is one of the best hacks ever, and it'll filter through everything and pick up on any, you know, grammar problems or use of words. So then you've kind of got someone spell checking it for you as well um, because obviously we don't have time for people. People don't have time to read our content for us. Mm. And then what I'll do is I'll get my computer to read it to me as well. So Siri or whatever you use reads it back and then you can pick up on things that don't sound quite right. Yeah. And then and then once you read it again, I think mm. you're more confident and writing is practice and I think we everyone can develop a good writing and you just gotta know your tone and how you resonate with your readers. Like if you have more of a casual tone or a bit of a joke, like you put your personality into your writing. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You always put – everyone has their own little flair on writing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that anyone's is better than anyone else's. It just – it's what resonates with your audience. So you live and breathe your clients and your customers. So it's – you know what interests them. And even if you're trying to think of things to write about, you know, we've got social media these days. We can use Facebook poll. You know, we can get people's input on what they want to hear about as well. Well, thanks, Mariah. And basically, it's one thing to actually create content for actually people. So one of the biggest challenges I have with my clients is helping them understand that they have to develop a clearly defined personality and objective. And so, yes, writing when you when you're a person and you're you're your own blogger, you know, transparency, authenticity is extremely important. But one of the key things for businesses is make sure they can develop that through their business, um, and 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 actually ensuring that that can be translated back into the content they produce. Um, so have you had many uh, situations where you've had to help businesses sort of develop um, their personality and their identity through their, through their content they produce? 
Yeah, I think um, in you know in today's society, uh, businesses need to remember that um, you need to have your own voice and. You know, it's not all about being overly professional and obviously you want to have a level of professionalism with your customers and your clients, but, you know, we need to really, if you've got businesses these days that connect with their audience are the ones that everyone loves to go to. Like a key example is um, Nando's. They always reply to people's comments on Facebook and Absolutely love it. Like they go crazy because they're like, oh my God, Nando's replied to me. Like, and it's all very casual. And I think with platforms like social media today, it gives businesses the ability to be a little bit more casual. Yeah. So, and for the company I work for at the moment, um, I we have a blog that I've developed. And what I'm trying to put into the blogs is useful information that's not just sell, sell, sell. It's about um, connecting with your audience. So, you know, I've done a series of blogs on road trips because we're automotive, you know, cars, people like to go on road trips. So I picked, you know, each state. I wrote a little bit on where to go within that state. And, you know, it's things like that that really resonate with audiences because it's not just about the product and what you can offer them. It's also about the information they can get by following that business. So I think it's really important that, um, we have a bit more of a relaxed tone when it comes to developing content, whether it's for social media and our blogs. Like obviously, you can have some professional blogs about how to use products and how to get the benefits out of services, but at the same time, you've got to have that content that's engaging mm-hmm. and people don't want to read really bland information. They want fun you know, content that really resonates with them. So I think it's important to also have a little bit more of a relaxed tone when it comes to developing these kind of articles because that's what people are looking for that gives a lot of engagement from an audience. Absolutely. And my words, exactly. One of, the, one of the, I think, when I started in 2007, you would, I, used to, I used to build websites. So a lot of that time we would build websites and I was a web developer and there was never any, no one thought about blogging unless you were actually were a blogger back then. Building websites, then not now like adding a blog now in 2019. It's just it's standard operating procedure. But in 2007, mm-hmm. the only people that had blogs were people like you, like just bloggers, right? Travel yeah. bloggers or whatever. Talk about whatever. Um, yeah. So now having a blog is sort of part and parcel with that. And when I moved into SEO full time in 2008, that's when the con. I think that's when actually the SEO before the whole social media craze. SEOs, I believe, led the content revolution. So we all went around saying to our clients, you know, produce more content, produce more content. But it was it was in the context of blogging. So it was a lot of the time the misconception was businesses were producing content for what they thought their audience should read rather yeah. than building content for what the audience would find valuable. 100%. And like, like, like industry news, like, I'm sorry, no one cares. Um, no, <laughs> and and so like the how the, the reason that I like blogging and vlogging and and one of the last videos I did about merging to do and why it's important for SEO is like with YouTube a lot of the content is like showing people how to do the things actually you sell and people think what businesses why would I want to give away my trade secrets because when they figure out how good you are and how professional you are at doing something they're not going to want to do it anyway number one mm. but number two is because you're showing, you're providing value in a helpful way. And like you said, it's not just sell, sell, sell. So some of the best content 
that I've seen is something as simple as, you know, how do I turn like like YouTube and, and YouTube and a blog article can merge so well into like creating an article and then embedding the YouTube video, something like, you know, I think one jewelry uh, art, uh, video I was watching it like had millions of views and it was basically turning a gold coin into a go into a ring. Now, when's the last time you saw Tiffany or Mock or Hill or or anyone really sort of do that? It's sort of this lone ranger jewelers that are coming up with these creative ideas that, that, that obviously got millions of views. But whether a lot of these big brands are just so focused on, you know, like like every piece of video content that they produce, it's just an ad. Over and over and over. Like, I didn't marry my wife on our first date, and it took a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and it took a lot of content, yeah. right? Um, yeah. That she obviously bought into. So <laughs> so I think getting clients to sort of understand that, I think, is absolutely paramount. Mm. Yeah, you've got to build that level of trust um, with your clients and your customers mm. so that they don't think that every time they go on your website or every time they see a Facebook post that it's just going to be ad hoc or, you know, you're just going to be bombarded with selling promotional posts. So if you build that level of trust through your content mm -hmm. and offer things for free, yeah. you know, people love free things. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, a video, okay. like you said, or how to, or something like that, it's building that trust that, oh, they, they don't just want my money. They want that because they're really speaking to their audience they're not just trying to get them in and and that's how you sustain customers and you and they stay on with you because they trust you so Absolutely. building content and offering things up to your customers will build that level of trust and just engagement as well absolutely and how do you define quality content I, I, i'm throwing you questions you have obviously haven't heard before so i appreciate <laughs> it's not something you've you've heard before but I'm very interested of how you define quality content. I think when you're producing content, you need to actually offer something in terms of whether it's information or, like you said, like a how-to. Mm. It needs to – so, you know, you read those headlines and it's like oh, just the headline just speaks to you so much and you read it and it gives you nothing. Yeah. So I always yeah. – it just it, that is – drives me nuts yeah so it's like you know um here's how you can travel the world on twenty dollars or something ridiculous and i'm like oh my god click on it it's <laughs> got nothing it's selling a product yeah like literally got nothing it, it doesn't speak to me at all but that headline does yeah so i think it's a matter of developing content that's actually going to offer something to your customers whether it's just mm. a story that's going to you know, really interest them and just give them some background or whether it's actually a how-to or providing something for free. So when you're developing your content, you've really got to think about through the eyes of someone that doesn't know what you're talking about. So they don't know exactly what your business is. They don't know what you offer. They don't know how to use your product or anything like that. You need to always remember that you know a lot about your business and what you offer, but no one else does. So when you write content, you really need to focus on what the customer doesn't know and try and explain it. Like when you're writing, say, for instance, an essay at university, mm. the lecturer would always say, write it like you're writing to someone that doesn't know what this topic is. 
Yeah. Because then you're going to go into that level of detail. And also another thing I think is really important when you're writing content is answer your why and the what and the how comes later. I think we always forget this why and mm. there's always a purpose of why we write something. So you need to make sure you answer why because that's the number one question that everyone always has is why. So just make sure you answer that before you start developing any other answers. I think why is really important. Absolutely. And it's quite scary. Everything you say, I've sort of got notes on the whiteboard of what I want to talk about. And you've talked about clearly defined objectives and why. And I actually wrote that before I chat. Um, <laughs> fantastic. That's, that's why I like you, Mariah. That's awesome. <laughs> we're, on, we're, on, we're on the same wavelength. So I think for me, when, when I talk, I think in, in, in particular in the SEO space, and in some, in some, in some regard, there's social media. When people start yelling out quality content, quality content, quality content, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they, they preach it. like it's, It just becomes a constant mantra, and you hear it all yeah. the time. But what does that actually mean? And I like to break it down when I did a video recently where I broke it down. It's, it's actually not – people say it's objective, but it's not. What's funny on Unilad Facebook page is not funny for – it was not entertaining for a dentist. Um, yeah. And so it's that's why I like not just saying you need to produce quality content. I mean, that's, 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 that's a no-brainer, but – I would rather say all well, the way you articulated it was produce content that actually you got the why behind it, but produce content that your audience would find valuable. That's it. That's end of story. It's, it's finished there. Um, and I think one of the biggest, uh, I think, the best form of content on the planet is storytelling. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> what do you think about storytelling? Yes, I agree a lot. And that's why uh, when I started my blog on travelling, I used the storytelling aspect before. So I wanted to write it to tell my story. Yeah. And now as I develop, I like to tell other people's stories. And I think in any content, people really love hearing about other people. And even for an example, um, I do a lot of internal communications for the company I work for. The articles on our intranet that are the most read are the ones on our team members. So we have a values program where we have the team member of the the month and we do a story on why they won and then we do like a questionnaire on them and people and they are the most viewed stories. They're hearing about other people's story. So I think what instead of just filling our blogs on the sites with, you know, useful information, it's also good to tell a story and give it background and even use ex real life examples because people really resonate with hearing other people's story as well. 100%. And now within SEO, like we'll, we'll, we'll debate, um, it's not really debate, it's just a bit of a, it's a bit of a joke, but a lot of the time people would say, you know, content versus links. So I don't know the extent of your SEO knowledge, but um, when I put up, um, I put up a tweet a while ago and I said, you know, what, what's the, what's what's your biggest, most important ranking factor? So, to that effect. And most of the SEOs wrote back when it, and just went links, links, links. Now, links is definitely a big component of, of the ranking structure in Google. So how many people link to you, who they yeah. are, and, and, and are they relevant to what you do? Yeah. But once machine learning takes over and once I think artificial intelligence takes over, uh, very much what will happen is links will become less important and what will become important is user user behavior and user experience, mm -hmm. right? And people not pressing the back button. Content 
will never die from the perspective that it's, it's actually providing value that I can get right now. So even if you rank really well with links in Google, eventually, if even if you rank first for like buy LCD TVs, <laughs> and eventually what will happen in the search engine results, I don't know when exactly, is even if you rank first with all these amazing links that you've either artificially generated or whatever, right, even naturally, what will happen is that Google will then drop you to like fourth or fifth if the people below you um, have a better user experience. And that user experience is people coming to a blog and reading them a story about an employee or coming on there, sharing it on social media and then leaving a comment or giving you a five-star review that they can sort of learn more that it's not something that people have bought for, you know, manipulated in some way or another. But eventually with machine learning, the, the extent of it, I'm still not even exactly how complicated it's going to get, but it's going to take on, a, it's going to take on more of a human aspect to the search algorithm rather than just this robotic algorithmic focusing on the links, 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 and not focusing on user, on user behavior and user experience. I think from an SEO perspective now, if, if SEOs are doing that, they're making a colossal mistake, even if they're winning now in, in the short term. Mm -hmm. um, and I think clients who do not focus on the content and the storytelling component um, and producing content, that will get links naturally. But I think focusing first and foremost on producing the, a better experience than what their competitors are, even if they don't sort of kill it in the next few years, long term, they'll win the game. Because I think ultimately it's going to boil down to which, because look, like think of my client, one of them is a jeweler, all right? Now I can get my ring anywhere, Mariah. When, when, when I proposed to my wife, I went through them, of course, but I can go and get my ring anywhere. All I need to know is what color my wife wants, what cut she wants, what diamond she wants, and then I can go anywhere. So mm. why am I going to this particular company, right? Mm. So one, that is all going to come down to storytelling and content. What's your feedback yeah. on that? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting you talk about um, SEO. I read uh, some myths about SEO. Yep. And um, one of them was, you know, we try to put these keywords into all of our content. Um, and I know yeah. you've mentioned this before. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Google is getting to that point where it has the capacity to pick up on a word that means the same thing. So sure. it's yep. not exactly that word keyword but it is a similar keyword yeah so it, it helps your ranking in that sense so i think we need to stop stressing about the the keywords and um like you said the links and just develop that content that is going to get you long-term customers and it's going to work you know things don't happen overnight i think mm, no. um we we see all these bloggers and everything that um we think are overnight successes because they just pop up out of nowhere. But they've been working in the background for a long, long, long time. You know, you think of authors that have been, you know, rejected for years. Like there's a, a website dedicated to rejection letters for like Stephen King, for instance, mm -hmm. the amount of times he was rejected for his writing. Yeah. And as, as you know, business owners, it, we're not, it's not going to happen overnight. You need to work. And one of my key like keywords for this year is consistency you know you might put up a blog post and it gets nothing like five views for you know weeks and weeks and weeks uh -huh. but over like long term if you keep at it you're going to get recognized because you are that person that's consistently producing content consistently speaking to your audience whether your audience is only small now 
it's, it can be a completely different ball game in five, ten years. Absolutely. And I'm addicted to doing the simple things right, like replying to every single person's comment. Yep. Um, but that's going into like the real micro, but I, I totally agree. Like, like I've literally seen people asking, I want to buy this, where do I go and get it? And the business is not replying. And honestly, yeah. I stand there and my blood boils. Um, yeah. So look, <laughs> I totally get you. And I don't know, mm. like, I will reply to every comment. In fact, if people like my post and they don't comment, I'll actually write something in the comment box to sort of create, to, to stir up the pot a little bit. Because um, I'm addicted to engagement, I'm engagement holding, yeah. right? I don't know what the word is, but um, <laughs> so uh, like I've had I've had the audacity to, to sort of jump on the same bandwagon as some other people are, uh, are also saying that you know in the next five and I said this to a client if we're not if we don't put content front and center and we we rank very well in a very competitive niche and we've done things you know we've done. The old ways of doing my like online. When I say old things, I'm saying in the last decade, right? We focus yeah. on the links. We focus on 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 doing some, like smart SEO in that time. But I said if we don't put content in particular, YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, front and center of what we do as a business, and invest all of our available, at least ninety percent plus of our resources into content on those platforms, plus our blog. If we don't mm. do that, we're out of business in ten years. Yeah, and no, I'm saying and, ten ten years. Yeah. Ten years, ten years is a is a stretch, and using these platforms, in particular YouTube, as our own TV channel, because I said to my client at the very beginning, I'm thinking of one in particular. I said, if you had your own TV channel, would you take it up if it was affordable? Oh yeah, of course I would, because I was yes. trying to get them to see the, the power of YouTube, right? Yeah, and try to use that sort of. I don't know if it's a bit of a false dichotomy, but anyway. Um, and I said to him, look, if you had your own channel on YouTube. Uh, on TV, what content would you produce? Oh, you know, we'll show pictures of the rings in the gallery and show the wedding ring experience that we provide and this and this and this. I'm like, there you go, man. You've worked it out. You've mapped it out. Now we just need to translate that into online. So we don't just sell rings and jewellery, do we? We sell memories and experiences. Yeah, of course. And that needs to yeah. be conveyed in every piece of content. Yeah, and and that's like, you know, now you've got the Instagram TV as well. Like, yep. There's so many different um, platforms that you can produce content on and you can do it in – you could have a topic and for each platform you do it a little bit differently. So you have your blog and then you might have a video that resonates with that blog that you put on YouTube or Instagram. And then you've got, you know, your images to go with it that you can post. Like there's – you can get so much out of one piece of content oh, across all your channels. And and actually that was actually going to bring me to my next question. So what is your – what is your strategy? What is your recommendation on, on creating content on social media versus creating content on the blog or or versus the wrong word? Like how do you use what would you recommend when you're building content on both on those platforms? So I've I've kind of been playing around with this a little bit as well. Yep. Um, so what I do is if I produce a piece of content on my blog for my travel blog, I will share it on on my socials. Yeah. So um whether that's, you know, have a Facebook post with a link, whether that's an image on Instagram asking. But what I think is really important when you post to, you know, socials is engage your audience. Don't just say, read this. Yep. Say, you know, for instance, I might have a blog on the best um, cuisines in Melbourne, the best, like, or, like, must-try restaurants in Melbourne, something like that. Yeah. I would 
I have my book and when I go to post it, I would think of a question to ask my audience to get a response. Mm-hmm. So I actually did one um, on, I think uh, it was talking about mindfulness and travel and taking opportunities. So, you know, applying for that um, scholarship, writing scholarship or applying for that, um, for instance, I had a at work a um, trip to New Zealand for women to celebrate International Women's Day, yep. and you filled out a form and you you sent in a video. And, you know, like some people are like, I can't be bothered with that. So <laughs> it was telling people to take those opportunities because if you're not in it, you're not going to get it. So yep. posted on my Instagram, um, what opportunity have you taken that's given you an amazing experience? I ended up um, having this lady comment on my photo on Instagram and just saying, you know, she randomly booked a trip to Peru and you know, people answer those questions and they're more likely to read your content. And then I had someone comment on the blog about um, their experience that they took to Cambodia. And then I ended up having like a huge conversation with this person who went over there to help with um, the elephants there. And they went to an elephant camp and helped with elephant rescue. And it's all about just like asking questions to your audience when you're sharing your content. Because if you're just saying, here, read this, then they're probably not going to read it because you're telling them to. But if you ask a question that will resonate with them, they're more likely to go and click on your content. So I think you got to think of a strategy. So you go, you have your Facebook page, your Instagram, you might have a YouTube channel. Um, so what I would do is schedule your week and don't just post it all to one channel on one day. So go, you might go Facebook, Instagram, but then you might post it, on a Wednesday, you might post to YouTube. Yep. So you just learn making sure that piece of content lasts a little bit longer so you're not just dumping it all at once because you're not going to pick up everyone at that one time. So you might post on a Monday when you post your content to Facebook and then on a Wednesday you might post an Instagram post. So you're reminding people that you've got that content out there. So I think it's just a matter of being smart about sharing your content to your channels and not just bombarding people with it and not sharing it all the time. Just, you know, once it, you've posted it, you post it to your channels throughout the week and you might do like a Sunday, like sometimes I'll do like a, you know, insights on Sunday, you know, you want to be motivated for the rest of the week, here's a blog post on, you know, taking opportunities and being mindful and I'll post that. And, you know, you're going to pick up on those couple of people that are scrolling scrolling on Facebook on a Sunday that I've got nothing else to do and they, they pick up on your content. So it's just being smart and knowing the right times to post as well. Awesome. Yeah, 100%. And one of the tactics I like to do is, I'm sure you know now, I don't mind having like talking in front of camera, so that doesn't bother me, right? But then yeah. my, my problem is I've talked too long, right? <laughs> um, which is probably what's happening right now. Um, <laughs> So I'll talk for a long time, but I'll do what I'll do. I know that Facebook is is um, sorry, YouTube is like YouTube's my homeboy, so that's where I feel most comfortable to deliver the deliver most amount of content. So I'll try to then I'll split it in half. I'll put you know nine minute segments on IGTV. So I have the I have my main piece of pillar content as what I use, and then I will break it into uh, like two different parts that I can put on, provided and go longer than twenty minutes, right? Um, in onto IGTV and then out of those mm-hmm. I'll split them up into minute chunks for 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 Facebook and Instagram and then for LinkedIn I'll try to get what I believe is in LinkedIn I think one of the 
I'll talk about two more things and I'll let you go. But find like pulling out what's actually relevant on the different channels, I think, is also very key. So pulling out something that I've said that's probably good for Facebook and Instagram, but then maybe for something more business focused, B two B focused, mm. or like on LinkedIn's a different context, different mindset. Yep. So I'll I'll take out and, and sort of put something on that and then I write an article on LinkedIn. So that's sort of my strategy that I like I try because I think clients sometimes they feel what you said definitely works, but I think they will get like, oh my, you're going to create all this content. I'm like, well, focus. What's your best air? What's your best most uh, platform you feel most comfortable with? And then we'll just slice it up and and then you know spread it around for different bits of it on on different channels, um, provided that they will work on those channels and it's sort of um, uh, you know appropriate for the group so even like getting the, the context of that of, of what you say you know and 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 created that for the individual audiences on those different platforms yeah no for sure you've really got to understand and i think it's a uh, really key for um each business owner to really take a look at you know there's so many courses on out there on how to best use each platform because each platform is different and, and, you know, and like hiring, you know, someone like yourself that understands that it's understands those platforms to really harness your different audience because you, like you said, you've got your B2B on LinkedIn. Yeah. So you're not going to probably post your fun, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, quirky articles on there. You're probably yeah. going to post more of your informative articles on there. And then so you want to, you know, if you want to put up a story on your Instagram, you know, make it really quick and to the point and direct. And then you've got Facebook and then obviously YouTube, you can, you can do your extended videos for, you know, your more info or your, those people that really want to go into depth and, and watch long videos. So, you know, you've got a lot of different platforms and it's just important to understand that each platform resonates with a customer differently and people use different, like I use Instagram a lot more than anything now. Yeah. And that's my generation that, yeah. you know, are really yeah. on Instagram, but yeah. then you know, you've got, like, I'm really taking a liking to LinkedIn lately as well. So yeah. you've got your professionals that love LinkedIn. 100%. And then on your Facebook, you've got a whole range of different people. And then Twitter, like, Twitter's another yeah. story altogether. Like, I don't, you know, I, I live, my housemates from Scotland, and they're massive on Twitter. But I feel like, you know, and some Australians aren't. Like, I didn't really start using Twitter until probably the last 18 months and so you know it's just knowing your audience 100 and what's unique on twitter is that you don't even have to create content you just have to engage with people you just have to start, yeah. you just have to be in the conversation i mean yeah. look at it like a fitness um like like take a fitness uh, a fitness trainer right what were they called personal trainers right whatever right? Yeah. i mean on facebook and instagram they will just be taking photos constantly of them you know doing exercises and yoga and things like that um but then on LinkedIn, they might write an article like, you know, top five fitness tips for the time poor CEO. Mm, and yeah, that, exactly. That, that will resonate. All right. I'll, I won't take too much of time. I'm going to give you the last few minutes. I just want to, like you to answer one last question and then you can sure. get your conclusion and then we'll end it. Uh, what do you think is the what is the what do you think is the best way to get content shared on the internet? And your closing remarks. Okay, so I think um, <laughs> I threw one there for you. Um, yeah, so I think to get your content shared is firstly, like I said, you need to have 
don't go with the headline that is completely false <laughs> because yeah. no one will share that. Yeah. But I think to get people to share your content is by really speaking in a tone that's going to resonate with your customers but also develop a relationship through your writing and also how you post. And I think a great way as well is at the end of your content, if if it's relevant to your article, is, you know, asking people to comment, asking people to, you know, share or say, for instance, you go share this, like if, if you ask a question at the bottom, be like, I had one, you know, like I said before, what's the opportunities that you've taken that have given you an amazing experience? And then people start commenting and then you get that level of, oh, I'm going to ask my audience what they think of this. So I think it's just developing that relationship so people can engage with it and then they'll want to share it with their audience as well. Because if we're just developing content where we are feeding people with information but we're not asking for their input, then they're just going to feel like they've been – it's just one-way communication, yeah? So you need to develop that two-way form of communication, which is massive in any form of, like, public relations, marketing. Mm-hmm. If, if you're just being spoken at as a customer, you're not going to you know, engage with that and you're not going to want to share it with your audience. And then also, you know, you have your um, all your promotional kind of stuff that's going to get people to share – or comment or engage with your pieces. But I think if you give someone a reason to share your content because they can actually find themselves engaging with it in terms of being spoken to but being given an opportunity of reply because we we have a lot of businesses that just talk at their customers instead of developing that kind of two-way communication. Mate, that is that is That is the quote of this whole discussion, Dad. <laughs> Spot on, mate. If, if that's all you take away, then someone's going to get something out of this because that was yeah. Two-way communication was yeah. probably one of the key things that I learned in public relations. Is um, people aren't going to resonate with your content or with your business if they don't feel like that they can engage with you as well. If they just feel like you're providing information and services and products to them, but they can't build that relationship, then. They're just not, it's just not going to build any form of because existing customers. You're going to get one-time customers that use your services and then that's it. They don't build any form of relationship with you. Brilliant, Mariah. Do you have any closing remarks? Um, I Happy think it's just, everyone needs to just remember that things take time and things aren't always going to be amazing to begin with. You're not going to wake up the next day and have – 100 shares and you've sold that many products. Like you hear of all these great stories. But, you know, you don't hear those stories all the time. You're going to have to just stick with it, be consistent. Consistency is super important. And, you know, the content that you produce now is going to be a whole different form of content you produce in the next year because you're going to develop your writing as you continually produce content and everything comes with practice and I think people that assume um, like I what the things that I used to write in university I read now and think oh my god I thought I was good then <laughs> and that was horrible but it's just like you need to continually practice things don't you know you look at anyone that plays AFL or you look at yeah any kind of sports person they you have a bit of talent some people don't 
but if you practice all the time, you're going to get better because it's your focusing on doing something consistently. And just because you might not be a great writer now doesn't mean in a year's time you you won't be a whole new – you'll be on a whole new level of writing. So it's just a matter of posting, yeah. not being too afraid to post, and even with your videos, um, just get yourself out there. The more times you do it, the less daunting it gets. So Absolutely. I think it's just a matter of not being afraid to fail. I'm not going to get abs by watching TV. No, exactly. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to put in the hard work and you've got to be prepared to put in the hard work. Things aren't quick fixes and they don't come easily. And if you are passionate enough about your business and you think you've got something you can provide someone that no one else can, then that's the first step to, you know, building a great business. And then the rest is just getting the content out there, getting yourself out there and your brand and not being too afraid to promote. Well, thank you so much, Mariah. I really do no appreciate worries. your time. Thanks heaps for having me on your show. Yes. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay.